Welcome, everybody, to the Heat Assist podcast. My name is Carson. I'm joined by my two friends, Stephen and David. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about the 95-96 Bulls versus 2016 and 2017 Golden State Warriors. We're just deciding on which team is better. So let's start with the favorite for Chicago. Uh, Stephen, go ahead. Make your argument. All right. So I just want to set the scenario a little bit more clearer. Uh, obviously, we're doing this because the Last Dance documentary uh, mm-hmm. just came out last night. Um, it's a 10-part documentary about the Chicago Bulls' um, last uh, championship season. So it's the third, it's their second three-peat, the last season. And a lot of controversy was around that season because um, if you guys have been listening through the news and, um, and marketing, is that team was pretty much broken up due to you know general uh, management issues but you know we get a good glimpse into how legendary those both teams were and so given that that's the buzz of the uh of the nba world right now we decided to do a little segment about the, that bulls era team you know being that it was one of the favorite teams of all time if not the best team of all time uh how how do they compare to today's nba and obviously we can think the the best nba team of today's era was the Golden State Warriors team with Kevin Durant. Now, it's an interesting argument because you look at the Warriors team, they're offensively, they're top-notch, right? You got mm-hmm. three of the best scoring scorers of all time. You know, Stephen Curry changed the game with his three-point capabilities. Uh, Clay Thompson is in... He, he could score over 30 in a quarter. And you have Kevin Durant, who can score in any way, long-range, close-range, probably the most versatile shooter, scorer of all time. And not to mention that he's almost seven foot tall. So matchup-wise, he's just a nightmare offensively, and he can play very good defense. In fact, the entire Golden State team can play extremely good defense. They're anchored down by Draymond Green, uh, defensive player of the year, and obviously, um, you know, just very capable defender in many regards. Great playmaker, in fact, leading assist leader. He's assist leader for the Warriors. And he's very smart and uh, very high IQ. And obviously, they're energy player. And, and you also have Andre Godala coming off the bench. Very capable, smart player. Great defender, great hands. Always assigned the hardest defense, defensive task. Coming up with some very clutch defensive plays in pretty much every playoff series that the Warriors have. You know, when the game's on the line and the Warriors need a stop, it's always Andre Godala. And then you also have, uh, who I think is very underrated, Sean Livingston coming off the bench during those days. He might not have played a lot of minutes, might not have given a lot of uh, points, but he was a he was a very stable presence coming off the bench for the Warriors uh, and just fill up whatever role they needed. If he needed to score a couple of buckets here and there, he'd get uh, matched up with a smaller point guard. His six nine, very lengthy, long frame. Um, was very suited for uh, posting up uh, smaller point guards. So, and they could always had that small but reliable weapon to go to. Uh, so, in general, what I'm saying is the Golden State Warriors were very, uh, not only very good from the top to bottom, but very, very deep. And just looking at their stats is is just abnormally like beast-like. You know, mm-hmm. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, just deadly uh, shooters. You look at their uh, percentages from the three-point line, two-point line, wherever he could. There's no flaw free throw line. I mean, probably one of the better free throw uh, free throw shooting trio of all time, and you just see no flaws in their games. Uh, but then we compare them to the Chicago Bulls and us, uh, Carson, David, and I being around the same age, grew up in the 90s. Uh, me in particular, I grew up watching the Bulls very early on just because uh, I was, you know, I, I got to watch basketball at a very early age. So they're always mesmerizing as, as, as to the fact that, you know, they just captivated the entire nation's, the entire world's uh, eye just because they were that good, especially because of Michael Jordan. And so we look at the Chicago Bulls team from 95 and 96 when they won 72 regular season games, only lost 10 games, and also won their title. That was their first title on their second three-peat. And, you know, it's just hard to go against a team that had Jordan and Pippen. 
not only that, but then you look at their third guy, which is Dennis Rodman, one of the all-time great players, defenders, and all-time rebounder. Um, you know, you, you can see they matched up pretty well. Um, and then you add on to their role players like Tony Kukoc, who was a very effective uh, shooter, scorer for the Bulls off the bench. Ron Harper, who played as their point guard or shooting guard. He pretty much... Um, he was assigned a, um, he played a very defensive role with the Bulls. Even though his career started as a star player, he regressed his role and became just a role player. Not just a role player. I don't want to demean what he did, but he extremely capable defender mm-hmm. with his 6'6 height, uh, very long arms, very athletic. Uh, even after past his prime uh, due to injuries, he was still a very capable defender, very smart. And then also, they also had uh, Steve Kerr, who we also know to be the Golden State Warriors head coach. But, you know, he played as a bench player for the Bulls as their sharpshooter. He has the current career three-point field goal percentage record. And he was a very, very important player for the Bulls as well. Played all 82 games that season, averaging 23 minutes, and obviously had an incredibly high field goal percentage, especially from threes. But... Anyway, so like Carson said, the point of today's podcast is to talk about how these two teams will match up. And like Carson said, I had the very fun time of trying to see how these two teams matched up. This is the premise we would put the Bulls against the Warriors in today's NBA. And the argument is that there's no hand-checking rule, there's a three-second rule, all that, right? So you think about the advantages that the Warriors would have given that, you know, their team is suited for today's age. And then, so how would the Bulls team effectively play against such a stacked team, all-time team in the Golden State Warriors? And so obviously it's hard to compare when two teams are playing two very different eras, you know, like we, like I just mentioned, the rules are very different, but you know, what I try to do was put different qualities that, different teams had that played against the Warriors and had success. So a lot of my argument is going to be based around the Houston Rockets, a little bit of the Raptors, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, these are some of the big teams that we remember, and I think that a lot of the qualities that the Bulls bring not only encompasses a lot of those three teams that I mentioned, but could also even do better. A big argument that the Bulls have against them is that they weren't a very capable three-point shooting team. And that's not necessarily to say because they weren't a good three-point shooting team. It's just that the era back then, it was just mainly centered around playing the paint, two-point shots, and the three-point shot wasn't wasn't as embraced. Well, I'm sorry to cut in, but, you know, you look at that Bulls team, and even though you say, you know, it wasn't the style back then, but their best three-point shooter was was Michael Jordan at the time, 42%, followed by Scottie Pippen at 37%. But they had Dennis Rodman on the team, who was basically obsolete on offense. And, you know, Juan Hopper, you know, you, you praise him a lot, a great defensive player, but he was also not known for his three-point shooting. I think only shooting like 28% for his entire career. To me, it seems like it's just a lot of gaps in, in their, their... Or they don't have enough shooting, but... Just put that out. Oh, it's it's a good point, and it's a it's a point that's hard to measure against because so I, I guess one of the things that I want to point out was that a, a big argument against those both teams is that you know Jordan wasn't a three point shooter when you compare mm-hmm. him to today's game is that he wouldn't be able to to be an effective scorer as effective because he wasn't a three point scorer. Well, in that year in particular, like David mentioned, he averaged forty two point seven percent from the three point line, shooting three times a game. Now, convert if you try to convert that in today's NBA, we can't really do that because it's hard to measure how accurate and effective a player would be if they shot more of that shot. You know, as they shoot more, their average tends to go down uh, for a lot of reasons. I guess fatigue or you know, uh, players being able, defenders being able to pick up on their tendencies and things like that. So yeah. it's not a very direct translation as to while Jordan could average 43% from the three-point line if he took 10 shots like Stephen Curry did from the three-point line. We can't really do that. I understand that. But for the same argument that players were taking more three-point shots, that allowed the floor to be open a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at someone like Jordan who dominated on a two-point line against a very 
uh, center-heavy league at the time with all-time great defenders like Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson. You know, he played against all those guys, and he was still able to be very effective at that two-point range or driving into the basket. Now imagine what Jordan could do if he had all that room. Maybe they wouldn't have been spaced out as much as the Golden State Warriors or any other uh, three-point oriented team. Mm, but, I argue they wouldn't have that much room it's currently constructed. But think about it like this, though. Even though, because the Bulls didn't have that structure to put as many shooters around, even though I think they could, like with uh, Co-Coach, Kurt, and Pippen. Right, you bring them in, but then you compromise your defense because you're taking some of your better defenders out. And, and even if you didn't, right, just think about it like this, right? Jordan went up against all these big guys, seven-footers, that play great defense. Mm-hmm. Who would stop him if you drove him to the basket? Uh, wouldn't be much. A lot of the argument around uh, Jordan's cap- capability to be as great or even greater, a lot of the old, uh, older players that have retired from the NBA, they all agreed that Jordan will probably average at least 10 more points a game because he, even mm-hmm. if you didn't give him credit that he could make three-point shots or work on his three-point shot effectively, he would just be able to score a lot more because, one, there's no hand-check rules. He have a lot more freedom to go up to body up against defenders. Two, there's no really great inside pre- defensive presence, or at least not as heavy as it was back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. back in the day, it was literally everyone had a... Not everyone, but there was a lot of great big defenders, center defensive players in the NBA, and Jordan, you know, he... He toppled all of them, right? He beat them all of them. He put a lot of uh, Hall of Famers into the category of getting no championship rings because he just could score over all of them, right? Jordan is known as one of the greatest scorers, and it didn't matter what team he went up against. He could always score. That's one of the, his biggest claim to prizes that no one could stop him. And you think of putting him into an area where there's no great big defensive players with no hand-checking rules? I mean, he would literally just be... I mean, he could score at will. And maybe he would get fouled, right? And let's not forget that, you know, he was very physical in the sense that he was very tough. He put him, you remember how he did against the bad boy Pistons and how hard he would get fouled and still be able to come back and all that stuff. No no, uh, flagrant fouls and all that. You know, like he, I can't see him being stopped at all. And then people question whether he'd be able to average 40 points a game, maybe even more in a very high percentage. And then you think about someone like Scottie Pippen, right? People don't wouldn't give him credit to be able to do the same thing, but Pippen was a very capable player. You look at his stats when Jordan went away, it wasn't like he just kind of crumbled. People see Pippen as a second man and, you know, was never ever a capable player by himself. But, you know, if you look at his stats, he did extremely well by uh, carrying a very, not, not as potent uh, Chicago Bulls team. And I think his average will go up as well. And then you look at Steve Kerr, who you know was already a very strong three-point shooter. Tony Kukoc as well. I think that scoring-wise, I agree they wouldn't have been as great as the Warriors team, but I think they would. They don't get enough credit. And I think where they could, uh, they would have had a deficit in the offensive end. They would make up on the defensive end. I agree. But the only I yeah, just want to point this out though about. If you're using today's NBA players, if you look at all the losses that the Bulls had, those 10 losses in the regular season, mm-hmm. I looked at all 10 of those games. So mm-hmm. eight of those games, they let the opponent shoot over 33% from the three-point line. Two of those games was only in the 30%, was only in the 30% percentile. So 33% was against Seattle and 38% was against Orlando. Okay. Wow. The, the six other games, every they all scored over forty-five percent. Six games, those six losses, six of those ten losses, their opponents scored over forty-five percent in three uh, in three-point field goal percentage. Mm. You mean to tell me that using today's NBA, the Warriors, who arguably the best three-point shooting team in the probably in the NBA right now, you mean to tell Carson. me that they can't beat <laughs> Carson? Think about your argument you just made. Ten games out of seventy-two games. Have you looked at the other seventy-two games? Had, did you see the percentages of every other seventy-two games? I'm looking at how they lost. I'm, not, I'm looking at how they lost. They lost because they can't. 
They're shooting 45%. You're saying they can't defend a three-point line because they lost 10 games? Did you look at the uh, three-point percentage when they actually did win? No, I didn't. I'm only looking at their losses. Because 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 their argument is valid. You're claiming that, okay, you look at the games they lost, how about the games that they won? You're basing it on 10 games. 72 win season. You don't even consider to look at the fact that... that But that doesn't mean that how they lost is not important. That show weaknesses, you could exploit them. 45%? 10 games out of 82 games. Is that which is the better sample? Technically, you should look at all games, right? But yes, it's, technically, it's very I mean, like, biased for you... you to look at the fact that they only lost ten games. Okay, ten but games. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I don't think you should just dismiss you... those ten games, though. I mean, those ten games showed a footprint of how you could beat the Bulls. Like, yeah, exactly. Could, like, if, you, the if you look at the losses, that's how you're gonna look at to, in order to beat the team. People don't. Teams don't look at uh, their uh, a team's winning and then figure out how to beat them through that. They look at how they lost and then they fight. They figure out a game plan in order to beat that team. You have flaws so, even in game in, win, in winning games. But to to your point, right? You're saying that the reason that they lost in those games was because they couldn't defend a three point line. I'm not saying that's not that's a, that's the only reason, but that's a pretty big reason. If you're letting your if you're letting your opponent score forty five percent from three point line in today's NBA, you're going to lose. I don't see it as a weakness because ten games is not percent of their loss. You could look at this look look at it this way: sixty percent of their losses is because they let the opponent score forty five percent from three point line <laughs> out of eighty two games. Eighty two games. We're ta- you have to take out the winning okay. out of it. We're, okay. we're, you're comparing no, no, because that, look at this. Because look at this. You that, can't. Because they played those teams, the same teams more than once. Those same teams that are so-called prolific three-point shooters of that area, they will be able to make the same, be able to beat the Bulls the same way, right? So you're saying the Magic was one of them, right? So Magic you're saying was. the the Magic were able to win four times effectively the same way against the Bulls during that season. That's what you're saying because you're saying that's a, an effective weakness of the Bulls, so therefore they could be exploited by that same reason. If they're shooting that well from three, yes. Oh, well, tell me about the other three games. Did the did the Orlando Magic beat the Bulls, who they beat in the playoffs? That same Magic team, they beat yeah. in the playoffs. Okay, you're saying that because but we're not, we're, not, we're comparing this to the Golden State Warriors. We're not comparing this Bulls <laughs> but, team to. But, but, my, but my argument is not comparing both teams. They're saying that it's a Golden State Warriors could shoot a lot of threes that they could fully. Take advantage yeah, of the small sample the average, size, Their average three-point shooter percentage is higher than it, it's not. You, you're not gonna. You can't compare them to what the Guys, team. My, my point is this. My point is this. It's not the fact I'm comparing the Magic to the Warriors. The fact is that the Bulls played those teams multiple times, but the fact that they lost those games. And you're looking at one stat and say like, well, they had a high three-point percentage, and that's why they yeah, lost. It so could like, be an outlier for sure. And, right. and just Could like be, the but... 10 other games, right? And you're saying that, well, to counter your argument, I'm saying like, well, if that's really their weakness, then how come they didn't get exploited more than 10 times in the whole season? Maybe because the three-point wasn't relevant back then. You didn't have people who their main role was to sh- their their game and the way they well, play wasn't... Well, my counter argument is, is this. My counter argument is this. You're, those same teams... That exploited the Bulls during only those ten losses. Why couldn't they do that? Like the Magic couldn't do that in the playoffs. If it's such a big weakness, why don't you look at the three point, point shot wasn't as prevalent. It doesn't. It's not seen as the main weapon today. Well, the three point shot back then was but seen as right? It wasn't seen as a good efficient shot as a way of defeating your opponent. But that's irrelevant because you're comparing the ma- the same Magic. Carson saying that the Magic were able to exploit the Bulls during one. I guess, I don't know how many regular season games, maybe two at most I would give them. By having a three, yeah. by having I'm a high three point percentage, but then they play them in the playoffs. Why couldn't they do the same thing? Why don't you look at the three point percentage during those games where they got swept by the Bulls? The Magics are not the Warriors. The Magic part did not have but, five people capable of shooting threes that could fully take advantage of this. That's, that's the point I'm making. There's a fallacy in your argument. You're saying that from what from only 10 losses you're making a claim that the bulls are a poor perimeter defensive team what else can you and take I, 
you gonna say Inter seventy two wins? That's well, you take both. You take overall and the playoffs, right? Because that's when stakes are really high and people are really dissecting uh, teams to look for their weaknesses. And so for you to say, well, the Magic had a high percentage. I'm arguing that teams back then didn't think like that. They didn't think to use a three point shot. Let me ask you this then, Stephen. Since it doesn't seem like you, you're taking their, those losses at all. So it, it, to mm-hmm. me, you're just brushing that off. I'm so not, you mean to tell me I that you mean to tell, if you look at the, the losses right now, the losses, even if it's 10 losses, I don't care if it's 10 or even one loss. The only way you're going to be able to find out if you're going to beat somebody is by looking at how they lost, right? Can we all agree on that? Are you going to argue that, no, that's not how you figure out how to beat somebody? <laughs> You looked for it and see if it works again. Did it, did it work again? Okay, so the Bulls only lost 10 games, to your point. That is correct. They lost 10 games. Okay. 60% of those losses was because they score, They allowed the opponents to score 45% or higher. And I'm explaining to I, you. Okay, now okay. I want to also say, you mean to tell me that probably the most prolific three-point shooting team that we've ever that we've seen 2016 or 2017 uh, Warriors team. Yes. Meaning to tell me that they can't, that that they're gonna, the Bulls are gonna be able to stop them from shooting over 40 percent. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not even gonna go to 45. I'll just that, go 40. There is a reason I'm even pointing the magic out. Okay, big reason why I'm pointing the magic out single-handedly because you pointed it out first, right? The logic is this, and first to address your like the fallacy to your claim is that be. Because they were able to, the Magic were able to beat the the Bulls by shooting high three per percentage, that they be, you know, that that leads to the Bulls being at a fallacy, not being able to defend the perimeter, right? So my counter argument was this: Well, why didn't they do that in the playoffs where they got swept? And you're saying like, why did they think it like that? Well, you you're claiming because that they're not, they're not they're looking to win back then when they already won it in a regular season doing the same formula. Why why couldn't they form? Follow the same formula they did I'm in the regular season. Those teams weren't built to take advantage of it. Not they even that. Did. They already did. Why wouldn't they do it again? Not There's even that. Like, that. That one game could have been an outlayer. Okay, so Orlando and, and, Magic and, and, here, and here is my reason why I picked the Magic in specific. They had Shaq. Yeah, so right? they're not going to shoot as much threes because they had oh, Shaq. Okay, so what do you guys know about the Magic during that era? They ran it through Shaq. Shaq posted up. And who was around them? They were three-point shooters. They have Penny Hardaway as well, right? Penny. Let's see, okay, okay. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Are you comparing I'm not those comparing. three-point shooters? To I keep saying that. I keep saying I'm not comparing that. But you keep but saying... Like, that, but that's my argument. My argument is you're, you're taking the, the pretty much the best three-point shooters that the NBA has probably ever in history, and you're comparing that to an Orlando Magic whose three-point shooters aren't, they're nowhere near okay, so in the put, same league as the okay, Warriors. So this is, this is where I'm it's going at, okay? Different. This is the reason why. Your argument is that 10 games only in a regular season, it amounts to a, uh, in an in a epic matchup between the, the Warriors and the Bulls. So if we look at teams that were successful against the Warriors, right? So using your same, uh, your same uh, idea, right? Okay, let's look at the teams that were successful against the Warriors. Yeah, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, before Durant, though. Before Durant. Uh, as just a reference to Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson, right? Uh, then you had uh, the Rockets. The Rockets almost beat the Warriors, right? When the first year that Chris mm-hmm. Paul played for the Rockets, they almost beat him, went to Game 7 until Chris Paul got hurt. And I do got to point out that Iguodala did uh, also get hurt during those series. So, you know, but we can all, we can all um, I think it's safe to say that Chris Paul is a much bigger factor than Iguodala was in those series, especially since uh, Chris Paul went down right at the end of the game and then they lost game seven, a very close game, right? And then the following year, the Rockets took the Warriors to six games, right? Um, and that's when Durant got hurt in game five. But before game five, the series was tied at two to two. And then those two games following that, um, the Rockets lost to very close games, right? And a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, no one's being able to take charge or close the game for the Rockets. Something that the Bulls will never have a problem with, clearly, right? Using Carson's same so-called, uh, I guess, a way to determine whether the Bulls will have a good chance against the Warriors. 
would you think that the Bulls will be able to do the same thing the Rockets did, but even in a greater effect? Not offensively, but defensively, yes. Okay. And defensively... I agree, I agree with that. But, okay, so what, why do you bring the argument that the Bulls would not be able to defend the Golden State Warriors effectively when you bring up the whole 10 regular season games and then because... I'm looking at those ten games where they lost. This is the way to beat them. You're saying that because they can't... that's how you look. That's how you figure out how to beat somebody. You have to what? look at the losses and you figure out would how you they say... lost, and then you make a game plan based on that. Would you, you say don't the Rockets look at how they plan? won and then figure out how to way There's, to beat you them? Could, you could even look at a, a win and learn where you're 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 not doing well, but. You don't think the Warrior. You don't think the Rockets had a successful defensive game to be able to get that close to the Warriors? I mean, I think it'll be, if they're a matchup, defensively, the both teams would excel. Like, it wouldn't be, a, like, an offensive shootout. I think it'll be a low-scoring type game if the two were to face off. So do I do think, think that, the, okay, so the Bulls do you could think defend the, the Warriors. Rockets are better? Who do you think would win? Who do you think would do better against the Warriors, the Bulls or the Rockets? I still, I'm more influenced by the modern NBA, so I'm kind of leaning towards the Rockets. How about you, Carson? I'll give this. I have to give the slight edge to the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. A slight but, edge, May, mainly because the yeah, shooter, the clutch the player. Shooter, yeah, <laughs> the shooters and how the Rockets played. I think the Bulls can handle them easily because they only have two players that they need to watch out for. They don't have anybody else on the Rockets that they need to look out for. Whereas for the Warriors, they have four people who could shoot better, who could shoot well instead of much better than what the Rockets have. No, I completely that's agree. My, that's mine. I'm, I, I'm looking at that. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to say if the, war, if the Bulls could beat the Rockets. I think we all agree that, I, well, I think it would be a very clear case that the Bulls would win. But I'm just trying to use the Rockets as a, a blueprint for the Bulls to beat the Warriors. And I think the Bulls have the capabilities, especially on the defensive end, to replicate the Rockets and be more effective and bring their percentage down and to tie that in you know it's um when you guys brought up the fact that while we're looking at how the bulls lost those 10 regular season games because they can't defend the perimeter i think it's the very opposite i think the bulls are more than capable i mean in fact i think their strength is being able to correct defend the perimeter given the the people that they have yeah. Jordan, and Pippen, then Robin, the games and they don't Harper. they tend to lose it but that's only 10 games if well, you look- i think what we're trying to what we're trying to say is but a majority of those games, they lost because the opponent shot a very high three-point percentage, which but, is the strength of the Warriors. But even with the strength of the Warriors, the Rockets were almost able to beat them. The Bulls are just that more apt to defend the perimeter than the Rockets. I, I, I think yeah. it's a very, very claim. Valid claim. I think so. But I, so I think how the Bulls will lose to the Warriors, which is what the argument is about, Bulls versus Warriors, is because... If you got to go all defense, then your offense is lacking. There's the reason why the Warriors are considered one of the greatest all the time because they changed the league. Teams started copying them, having five shooters, having shooting a lot more threes, having your whole team shooting threes, basically. And so if you have your all defensive lineup for the Chicago Bulls, which I think could stop offensively the Warriors, Ron Hopper, you have to keep Ron Hopper in, you have to keep. Dennis Rodman in, so those, those two are. I'm just. I'm just saying there's so little offense from your defensive lineup I, that yeah, exactly. There's so little spacing for the Bulls' offense, and then so if you want to bring your offensive players in, then you're losing your defensive uh, strength. The Bulls are just a, a a lineup nightmare for the Bulls in that if you have your defensive lineup in and going small ball, then yeah you you would contain the Warriors offensively. But then the Warriors could contain you defensively as well. So then it comes so, down to... I don't think that's true, though, because you're saying that they have to switch. Like, you're saying that the Warriors... Okay, they have three of the best scorers of all time, Thompson, Durant, and Curry, right? Who else is capable in the Warriors team? So I'm just saying on the... the why teams mimic the Warriors? Because you can't have a non-shooter 
on the floor, which the which the Bills would have they leave Dennis Rodman in, especially if they leave like Ron Hopper in, who wasn't a good three point shooter, or if they bring in anybody else. The the best three point shooter was Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Well, it's so that that's the point I'm trying to make. So you're saying that if Clay Thompson, Durant, and Curry are in, they have to have some sort of defender to defend them, right? And right. then, but they also be able to score. Mm-hmm. But like. You have Jordan Pippen and Rodman, right? And Harper, that's four. I think Harper would be capable, but that's... If we just put it like this, right? If top, Let's just assign players, right? Whenever Curry goes in, Jordan's defending him. Whenever Durant comes in, Pippen is there. Whenever uh, uh, Thompson is in, Harper goes in, right? You just mm-hmm. follow them. You always have scoring to match up to the defense. And then you put up your the Bulls' defense, uh, second unit against the Warriors' second unit. You have no open spacing. The the Warriors could now double team Michael Jordan. They could they could leave Dennis Rodman alone. Draymond Green could now a very good help defender as well. He could now roam the paint. He could leave Den- Dennis Rodman all alone and double whoever most likely Michael Jordan. I'm just saying they have they have so little spacing if they have the best defensive line up in. And then if you want to bring in more offensive, now you have to take out your best defensive player out. Uh I mean. I don't know how credible you might feel like this is an argument, but I don't think double teaming would be a good idea for for the against the Bulls. Why not? You can't have you have they Dennis Rodman who's a offensive threat. Ron Hopper is not a good three point shooter. This is why team, because you could cut into the basket. The the lanes are all open, right? You can't have a non shooter, let alone two non shooter on the offensive floor. I, I guess that's the issue I have. It's like. Even though it's today's age, right? It's like everyone's shooting three pointers. Mm-hmm. The argument is that you cannot be successful if you don't shoot the three pointer. Uh, my argument is this: because it's today's NBA, the Bulls would have a much easier time scoring inside the three point line. Yeah, but my argument is they'll let you take your the Bulls like one of their strength and one of Michael Jordan's strength besides getting to rim was shooting mid rangers. Like they were very efficient at it, but nowadays. Yes. I mean, I'm just really influenced by today's day. The three-point shot is worth more than two. They, the team will give you your inefficient mid-range, but they're going to shoot as much three as they can and try to outscore you there. Yeah. I think it's only, say, inefficient because it's, I mean, for you to say that Jordan's mid-range jump shot is inefficient, I don't think that's fair. Like, <laughs> because, I mean, he has one of the highest percentage ever. Yeah. Period. He was really good at the mid range. He was a high percent. For him, it wouldn't be an inefficient shot, I guess. And, and this is what I'm saying, right? My argument is it's a good argument what you're saying, but my argument is this, right? Where the bull, where the Warriors, I think the Bulls will be able to at least bring down the three point percentage of the Warriors down a little bit mm-hmm. because of the capable defensive teams. The Bulls' two point field goal percentage will go up. How so? Because they're not, they can't, like, the rules are, are are more apt for the for Jordan to drive down the lane. There's no hand checking. Um, there's no there's no inside around him. He doesn't have to. That's why he was such a good uh, scorer. He could score by himself all the time. Yeah, but I'm saying and if he gets double team, people just cut through. You let one guy on, they cut. They cut. They have the. No, I guess people think the Warriors could be defending. They would not. They could leave. They could give you the open shot. The open three. They're going to defend the paint. They're not going to allow the cutters to get in the paint. They're going to leave you out in the perimeter where you can't really shoot as as efficiently. Well, but that's the point I'm saying. They don't have to leave. Like It doesn't matter if they leave the three-point open. The Bulls are very capable of playing when the paint is packed. That's how they played the 90s era, right? It was already packed with much better, bigger, capable centers blocking the paint. I don't know if they're... they're... Yeah, but then... Fine, if you want to say that, but then... They were just as effective, especially Jordan. And now, where there's like, who, who would stop Jordan? I guess like who would stop? Like, Nobody's gonna stop Jordan, but I don't think the other teammates, especially Ron Hopper, um, Dennis Rodman, anybody besides uh, Pippen and Jordan, I don't think they'll score as much points because. Because they were clogged the paint. Like, I guess, why wouldn't they be able to do the same thing okay, they did in look, the 90s? You're, you're, okay, the, the three, who are your three leading scorers? Your three leading scorers was well, Jordan, Pippen, answer and... Answer me this. Why wouldn't they be able to do the same thing they did in the 90s? 
They will. It just won't be as efficient because the Warriors get you a lot more threes. But why wouldn't you think that they would be more effective? Well, I mean, how many points are they scoring? Well, because they're going to outscore that, that's not, that, shots. I, I'm looking at how many points they can score. Those those games back in the day, they, I don't think they're, they're. I don't think is the scores are are as same as what they are now. They score very differently. Yeah. Like it's a different pace. So, yeah. There are more possessions. There's a lot of games. They three pointers much more quickly. Yes. There are a lot of games back in the day where they could, the score can be like eighty to like seventy something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. In today's NBA, you don't see that a lot. You don't see that. I just think that even no matter what the old team is, even if it's just. This now nowadays this day and age, there's so many three point attempts. It's gonna out out all the three pointers is gonna outscore all the two point field goals made by the team. I think that's dependent on your percentage. And I agree, that's a good point. I think that's a very good point. I don't I think the Bulls could do a good enough job defending the perimeter to be able to put 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 uh, put them ahead. Given that the Rockets were able to do so, the Rockets are very close to beating the Warriors, and yeah. I think the Bulls will be able to do the same thing. Yep, I think they'll do even better. It's just they won't score as much threes as the Rockets did. I mean, if, if you can also look at the three leading scorers for the Bulls during that season. It was Michael Jordan at thirty point four, Scottie Pippen at nineteen point four, and then Tony Kukoc at thirteen point one. Those are the only three players who scored in double figures. And 13 and 13 points point one by Tony Kugos. I don't think you're going to be able to keep that up. There's only two players on that Bulls team who can keep up with the scoring of the Warriors, and that's Pippen and Jordan. That's it. Well, that's but all you that goes have... into the fact that it's a different era, right? It's in the fact that there's no hand checking rules. There's no three point uh, three uh, three second but violation. Two point field goals. Well, but that's. <laughs> But yeah, they're not going to they're not going to change their game. We're we're comparing their game from then and the, and if they're going to be able to use that same game and beat the Warriors now. I don't think it's I agree with David. It's not yeah, well, no there's teams no are that. No team played like that anymore. Every team is shooting threes now cuz you can't shoot more two field goal percentage than three point percentage. Cuz it all comes down to three point or worth more than two points. I mean, take, I, I understand take a, that. But I look, think if you play the percentages right, if you score high enough field goal percentage from the two point line, yeah, you're gonna go from the three point percentage. In of seven games, I don't know if they could do it four times. I mean, the Rockets almost did it, and you're and we're talking about a Rockets team that did not shoot very. They did not shoot very well from the three point line. But they didn't shoot very well from the three point line. I would switch off. Like I guess I have to do the math in specific, which I did not, but. Converting the Bulls' two-point percentage shots with their field goal percentage and the pace that the, they play in today's NBA, and then compare it to the uh, Houston Rockets' field goal percentage from the three-point line, I think the Bulls could be ahead just on the offensive end. I see it for the two-point field goal. I mean, the day, nowadays, teams just let you take the mid-range. If you want to take the mid-range, take the mid-range. They're not going to give you the three. They're not going to give you... Points in the paint. Okay, I'll, I'll, let me t- let me let me ask you this then, Stephen. I'm looking at the attempts for two point two point attempts mm-hmm. that the Bulls did. Okay, mm-hmm. Jordan leads at nineteen point four, followed by yep. Pippen at ten point six. Yes, and then Dennis Robbins at four point three, uh, Luke Longley at eight point one, Tony Kukoc at seven point oh, and then Ron Harper at five. Mm-hmm. All right, those are the six players who pretty much are going to play most of the minutes, right? We and all agree Kerr. on that, right? And Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Well, he's a three-point. He's a three-point. He was a three-point shooter. He didn't take a lot of uh, mid-range. But okay. as far as Steve Kerr goes, for three-point, he only took two. Po- he averaged two-point-nine attempts. That's but he true. shot over fifty percent. Yes. Okay. So we could round it off at three. Those players I told you, they all. Uh, their two point field, uh, two point average was over fifty. Per, uh, most of them were over fifty percent. Besides Luke Lonely, he was at forty eight. Okay, but we could round it off to fifty percent. Even if you take all that, 
and you average that, and if you let the Warriors take the same amount of shots from the three-point line, and they shoot thir- and they shoot thirty-three. Per- let's say they shoot thirty-three percent. They're gonna match up. I don't it's get what do you mean they're up. gonna match up. Okay, look, take it this way: if you t- if Michael Jordan took 10 2 point, two point attempts, and he averaged fifty percent, he'll make what ten points, right? Mm-hmm. If you let Steph, <clears throat> if you let Steph Curry attempt ten three pointers, let's just say he uh, averages forty percent. He's he's gonna make more points than than Jordan already, because he has twelve. Yeah, the the cutoff mark is thirty two percent, thirty two point two percent for them so, to be equal. I mean, you could you, you you could spin it as any way you want it, but the the strength of the Warriors is okay. is that they shoot threes and that they're better that they were okay. better at it than the Bulls. Oh, I completely understand My, that. Now. The only way I could agree with your argument that the Bulls are better than the Warriors is if they play with the hand checking rules. If the hand, if it was hand checking rules, the Bulls are going to beat the Warriors four to zero. <laughs> I'm not giving the Warriors well, any shot at beating the okay. Bulls. Okay, so there's other reasons why I think the Bulls are better, right? It's not just as simple as looking at three point field goal percentage and say that they're going to shoot better three point shots, right? I mean, it's a very good point. I was just trying to minimize the effect of the three point percentage in this argument, which I think the Bulls could do with their defensive schemes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, under, I understand the math, right? 33.3% is the cutoff mark. If you're shooting 50% from two, the opposite team has to, has to shoot less than 33.3% for them to mm-hmm. lose just on scoring options, right? But it's not just that. Game, games don't just come down to that, right? Um, so one of the biggest strengths that or weaknesses that the Warriors has had throughout that uh, throughout their span of their, uh, their dynasty, right, was two things, right? Protecting the ball, turnovers, and rebounding, right? Obviously, the Warriors, they weren't a very big team. I mean, their best lineup was a very small lineup. And one of their biggest weaknesses, as I think the best example to take advantage of that was the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? I think uh, a person that comes to mind a lot is Tristan Thompson. You know, we don't think of him as very being very relevant these days, but he was very important during the Cavaliers run in the finals against the Warriors. And we all know that the Warriors have a lot of, uh, you know, they don't have any very strong uh, rebounders, right? And But then you put up against the Bulls, who has probably the best all-time rebounder in the NBA history, in Dennis Rodman. You look at him, he averaged 15 rebounds a game during that season. And that's during, a, a, uh, that's during an era that how many shots less? I mean, we all know the the pace was a lot slower, right? A lot mm-hmm. less shots to get rebounds from. He was averaging 15 rebounds a game, 5.6 offensive rebounds, right? And the Bulls were known to be a very uh, uh, they hit the the glasses very hard. You know, you look at uh, Scottie Pippen, he averaged two offensive rebounds a game. Michael Jordan averaged 1.8 offensive rebounds. Luke Longley, 1.7. Tony Kukoc, 1.7. This is a heavy offensive rebounding team. And I think that for whatever misses they had, they could definitely compensate that. And I look also at what the Bulls were able to do defensively on the uh, forcing turnovers. Um, So this stat in specific, which got cut off for some reason. But um, they were, uh, you look at, like I mentioned, the perimeter defense of Jordan Pippen, uh, Harper and Rodman, very capable defenders, long, lengthy, and athletic. I mean, they forced a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. We agree with you, though, that they were really good defensively. I mean, they were third in steals. They well, averaged third in steals for that whole that whole season. Yes. The, so and the point fought- I'm making is that you can't just look at the fact that the Warriors are better than the Bulls because they shot three-point percentage. The three-point percentage is higher than the. They're they're very high three-point percentage team. I understand that. They're like I said in the beginning. I understand that they're one of the best scoring trios of all time, right? But that's not what it comes down to, and that's why I keep alluding back to the Rockets series. You look at the Rockets roster, right? And they got very close against this almighty dynasty Golden State Warriors team. And they're intangible, such as you know, I I keep. Pointing this out that you know I the uh, 
the capabilities that the that the that the Chicago Bulls could bring could definitely put them over the edge, just as close as the Houston Rockets did. Obviously, more than that, just because I think they were a lot more capable. Certainly could. I'm not. I mean, who really knows? But I just think over the long run, if you could shoot more threes, you probably go. You're probably going to make it. And if your opponent's going to shoot mostly twos, you're probably not going to, over a seven-game series, you're probably not going to win. That's just, that's how I think it is. It, it will I come agree. To you. Very like simple. It, it, it's, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't shake the, uh, shake the fact that, like, how, that the Warriors are going to shoot. I think the Warriors will shoot the same, at, at best. Yeah, exactly. Right. And th- that's what I think. But and I, I think don't. That the I don't know if the Bulls could score as much as much as that. Don't I, I don't know about that. Okay. That is and what I, I don't know. I think that's a fair argument, although I disagree. I think this I mean, is much as it It's certainly possible for defense, food or defense. I think it will be. I mean, I think I don't think there'll be any blowouts in these series, but I I think it'll be close as well. I think I'm just. I want to give more of a. I giving a lot a, a more credit to the Bulls team being able to better their off, off uh, their offensive output, mm-hmm. even in today because it's today's era. Yeah, I guess I, I would argue all the centers on the Bulls team are obsolete if they face the Warriors. But then, so, like, what what centers do the like there would be no reason for the Bulls to play a big center, correct? Right. And which they didn't have to. They didn't have. They they would have to force Dennis Rodman to play center. Mm-hmm. Just like Draymond probably, Green. We, yeah, which he could do. Very easily. I don't think there would be a problem for the Bulls matchup wise. Like and um, to me, one of the biggest issues that I have, and to me, it wasn't easy to argue for the Bulls. I guess part of the reason I'm arguing for the Bulls is because um. A little bit biased, but to me, the hardest issue to um, argue for the Bulls is that Durant is in that team for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. He's just a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Like I, you, you, I can't conceivably put anyone on him that'll be effective. Maybe Rodman, right? I mean, the best players to that comes to mind to somewhat effectively guard Durant. In you know, like a playoff series would be uh, PJ Tucker and Kawhi Leonard. I would think. Can't really think of too many players, but um, mm-hmm. right now. But I, even then, you know, like how effective were they? And um, to me, when you add them on top of uh, Curry and Thompson, it just becomes a huge nightmare. Um, just because there's no way to stop Durant. I do have to use the Houston Rockets playoff series against the Warriors to elude that a little bit and say that you know the Bulls team are more capable than those Rockets team to be able to... If the, those Rockets team were able to get that close to beating them, um, I think that the Bulls would be able to do better than the Rockets team and beat the Warriors. Even if it's just a slight little bit, I think it would be enough. Because I think that one of the main reasons the Rockets lost last last year's playoff series against the Warriors was because they couldn't close it out. And I, mm-hmm. we all know that's... You know, the Bulls have the, the, you know, the best closer in yeah. probably any sport. Yeah, I'll, yeah, like for me, I, I'm just, I don't know if the Bulls have, have enough shooting, but I think their defense could keep it close. And then you have Michael Jordan, he'll, if you need a score to win, you could guarantee Michael Jordan will get you that score to win. So, I mean, so I think, I mean, I for the, for me to see the Bulls winning is through their defense and just keeping the game really close and, leaving it down to the last possession and let Michael Jordan take over, let Michael Jordan win the game. You don't... So, I have another question for you guys. You don't think it's a valid argument or plausible to say that, okay, we take that 95-96 Bulls team and put their three-point field goal percentage and, you know, up the amount of shots? Maybe for for the few players that could shoot threes, but more than half their teams can't shoot three. Well, I, I'm just saying to the, you know, like for the players that could shoot, that shows on their stat that they, you know, they shot efficiently. You don't, like, we can't say like, well, if you put them in today's era, they would be able to shoot as well. 
Yeah, but I say they only have a handful. It, it would probably be Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, and um, Michael Jordan. And, and that's about it. And Judd Bueller. How many attempts did he make? If you want him, I don't know if you, I mean, you put him in. Oh, he played every, he averaged 10 minutes a game. That's a three point so, specialist. Right, so, so I, I think the Warriors would love it if you put him in. <laughs> so we could count him to make one a game. Okay, but this to be fair, right? That's four, right? right? That's four. Who, who do the Warriors have? Um, besides, I mean, almost everybody on the Warriors could shoot the three. Draymond Green could at least, you can't leave him open. Andre Iguodala. Um, if we're looking at the, what's right, the 17, so, 18 or? Uh, well, that 17, 16, 17, 18, right? Sorry. I guess. Yeah. I thought 17 and 18, they had better offensive stats, but. Uh, I, I, I don't, I mean. You said, so, you said 16, 17. Either or, either or. So it doesn't matter. They're about the same team, so. But, I mean, let me bring up the other years then. Because, um, I mean, Draymond Green is like barely uh, like a 33%, right? I mean, he's a three-point shooter, but you just can't leave him wide open. Yeah. He's th- he's, he averages 3.5 attempts. And he shoots 30, 30% th- that season. 2016 to 2017, he shot 30%. 30% is less like... Okay, but... Okay, so... There's a fallacy to that argument, right? You're saying that you, you can leave him you can't leave him open, even though he's shooting only thirty percent. And then I'm saying there's only four people on the Bulls team that could shoot threes. But who but I, that's what I'm arguing. Like who else in the war is besides those three scorers, right? Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Andre Gidala, Matt. But Draymond Bonds, Green is thirty percent, right? I huh? But Draymond Green is only thirty percent. Yeah, but there's nobody else on the Bulls besides those four players that shot. Okay. Uh, okay, so, but they're all like... I mean, e- e- even look at the attempts. I'm looking at the attempts and comparing it to the Bulls. Like, I wouldn't one, put Iguodala as one, being... Two, like, Iguodala averaged 28%. There's only five people... Okay, if you include Judd Judah Bueller, that's six players who they're on there who... Their sample size is, is the biggest out of three-pointers. Judd Buehler only attempted 90 throughout that whole season. He's the lowest. Everybody else went over 100. Okay, I mean, if but, you look at the, the Warriors team, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven, seven of those players averaged over 100. Yeah, but that's the argument, though. Like Carson, two of them averaged over 600 attempts. Carson, you missed a question, man. That's the whole point of the argument. If we up the, pers- the, the amount of shots that the Bulls team had... Right, okay. but assuming they had the same percentage, okay. like why can't we assume that as an argument and say, well, how much more would the Bulls score instead? Forty-two percent, thirty-seven percent, forty percent, fifty-one percent, twenty-six percent, and forty-four percent. You got that? Forty-four, twenty-six, fifty-one, forty, thirty-seven, forty-two. Mm-hmm. Warriors was 41, 41, 30, 37, 36, 33, 37, 33. No, but Carson, the question is, is like if you up those, you know, if you put the same three-point percentage, but up the three-point attempts by the both players, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're good. I'm just trying to match up the pace or the three-point attempts from the Warriors to, to the Bulls just to bring it up to modern NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, like wouldn't, wouldn't that be a fair argument to make? Yeah, I, I, yes, but I just, I say they have a lot of non-shooters on their team. Well, I'm, I, I understand I'm, that. I'm not denying I'm that, gonna, but I'm going wouldn't by that percentage. be enough to bring up their points a game? Yeah, just those four players, right? Let's say we take Michael Jordan's that year's three-point percentage and change them into a ratio of two-point to three-point percentage based on today's demographics, I guess, right? But using that percentage he had for that year, like how many points would Jordan score? I mean, I I feel like the top four scorers, Tony Kukoc, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, even Steve Kerr, Ron Hopper, I feel like they all, in today's league, they will all shoot more, or they all will score a lot more. And you still don't think they'd score enough? 
No, because that, that's only five people on your team. But those are the well, only players that take the I shots, guess, right? Well, my over-argument is, do I see... Can I see the Bulls beat the Warriors? Yes, I can. I can. Because they have great defense, and they can contain the Warriors. And then you, if you keep it close, you can have Michael Jordan win you the game. And that's how they could win. But I don't think they could do it consistently enough because they don't have enough shooting. I understand that. I'm just trying to like put a different spin into the whole onto the whole debate. Like, um, you know, like because I think one of the things that's hard to translate is like, okay, well, the Bulls weren't taking that many three point shots, but that was because they were a byproduct of their era. Yeah. Let's say they were they were given a chance to adapt to today's era, which means yeah, and I don't see five people on a roster that does that. Well, I, they would take more three point shots, right? And so I'm just saying, like, given that year's three point percentage, like, yeah, this is an honest question. It's not really an argument question, but like, is that enough? Do you think to like, if we assume that their three point percentage carries on fine, given more of their three point attempts? Like, do you think that's enough? Even if it's just those four players, do you think that's enough to no. put them on par? No. My my, I guess my problem is it's not that. Uh, my problem is they don't have enough shooters. Is what my problem is. Even he, I mean, I'm even looking at the two point field goal percentage. The Warriors even also have they have people they have two people who shooting over sixty percent, just from two point, from two pointers. How many shots did they average? In two pointers, yeah, those players that you're seeing. Okay, so the their uh, Kevin Durant uh, took 714 two point attempts, and he averaged 60 point 60 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I mean, other person right. after that was 238 average. Uh, he attempted 238 two pointers. That was Andre Iguodala, and he made 65 percent of that. Now, there's also two other people who averaged over 50 percent from two pointers. And that's Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, att- Clay Thompson attempted 729 two-point attempts, and Steph Curry took 654, and both of them went over 50%. So, okay. I mean, I, even if even if we were just attempt, we were just looking at two-pointers, they they match up well against the Bull- against the Bulls too. Michael Jordan pretty much was a, in a league of his own because he because he, he attempted. 1,590 shots that year, but he made 52% of those. I think you're just looking at stat numbers and comparing them one by one. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Carson, okay. Let's say, do you think the Bulls in this matchup, who you got winning? And if we're using today's NBA rules, I, I think the Warriors are going to win. Do you think the Bulls has a chance, though? Oh yeah, I give him a shot. Okay. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout if that's what you're asking. No, Steven, do you give the Warriors any chance of beating the Bulls? Yeah, or? it'll be a very close seven-game series. I think it'll okay. really come down to, like you said, if um, if if it comes down to the wire, I think, uh, and the Bulls have the last shot, I think the Bulls will win. I give you that, yeah, for sure. But um, you can't deny Michael Jordan. <laughs> the, the the hardest argument is uh is Durant. I think if it was the seventy three nine Warriors team without Durant, I think it's a very different question. Even in today's mm. rules, yeah, I think I it's just that, a, yeah. that would be a better argument. Than, no, than there's no argument Durant. there. No, I mean like that would be close. I I feel that one. I would lean more towards the Bulls. I probably do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then. then <laughs> Than the one where they first had Kevin Durant. Well, no, I think what you're saying is that it's more likely the Bulls will win. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think. Why... Do you mean it would be close? It still be kind. Of, I'll still say it's a little close, but. Oh man, I think it'd be a very comfortable six-game win for the Bulls. Yeah, that that's what I'm looking at. I give the Bulls. I think it's going to be six games. I got to give the. I'm going to give the Bulls four. It would be four to two. I I think the matchup, the way the Warriors play. I think it's very, it's a very big, I think it's a mismatch for the Bulls. I think they match up very well when they're talking about the starters, right? Uh, where it where it becomes a problem is when Durant comes into the lineup. And now you have a third all-time great scorer that, like David pointed out, it's hard to match up against and keep someone on them. Because even if you do keep someone on them, 
it doesn't really matter who you put on him, right? Might as well put Luke Longley there. Like, it doesn't really matter, right? He's going to score. Um, but I guess that's a point, right? It's, uh, I think that's what makes the argument very interesting is that it's two very potent teams, especially offensively. And, uh, but obviously, I think the better argument for the Bulls in this matchup is their defense. That's because the Warriors are so heavy on the offensive end. Well, anything else you guys want to add before we end the podcast? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that was it for uh, today's episode of the Heat Assist Podcast. Goodbye, everybody.